0: Hey, hey! This is Coach A.A. and welcome to the December 12th edition. On to the three things for today. One is a slightly different take on the parable of, you know, the big rocks, pebbles, and sand. You know, how if you put the big rocks first, and then the pebbles, and then the sand, you can fit everything you want, but you start with the sand, Well, there's no space for the big rock. Rocks. Makes perfect sense. But what if we zoom out a little bit more and look at this again? The second piece, uh, as always, is three quotes. And the last one is uh, addressing a question that I've heard a bunch of my students ask. How hard should you work out? How often should you work yourself out? It sounds simple, but it takes a little bit of getting used to. Alright, let's get started. First piece, it's called Big Rocks, Pebbles, Sand 2.0. You heard the story of the Big Rocks, Pebbles, and Sand, right? Here's a quick re- recap. If you put the sand in first, you want to have space for the pebbles and definitely not for the Big Rocks. If you put your big rocks in first, then the pebbles, and then the sand, whoa, the space for everything. The idea is that you no, know, the big rocks are the important things in your life, the pebbles are the slightly less important things, while the sand is the fluff. And you go about it this way, you're able to fit in everything. When I came across this as a kid, found it mind-blowing. Here is a great simplified way to explain prioritization and time management. For someone like me who found, found it hard to plan things, I could understand and execute on this. Now, after 10 years of running a company and all the jazz. I'd like to poke a couple of holes in this analogy. And now I understand I might be reading too much into a metaphor and one shouldn't, but I think it is still useful. I believe its fundamental flaw is in fooling you that you can fit everything in and in telling you that it's a legitimate aim you cannot you should not here is something telling you to prioritize but what are you actually prioritizing you're not prioritizing it's giving you the wrong idea that you can fit everything in today we see all of us having extremely busy lives and social schedules and work schedules and kids schedules and every schedule you can think of. It's chock-a-block. It's crammed. We're trying to fit everything in. And I don't know about you. It doesn't work for me. It just does not. And I figure, well... There must be a couple of people out there like me, and I thought I should share my thoughts on this. So here it is. You know, fuck this hustle culture. Fuck this. I'll sleep and I'm dead and all that. While I definitely don't have a grasp on my life perfectly, you know, with my priorities and stress levels and all of it. But after years of trying various techniques and hacks and trying to cram all my rocks and sands and pebbles and blah, blah, blahs in, I've realized how to recognize, you know, signals that my gut sends me. I might not know the right answer, but a good place seems to be by saying no to the wrong answers. I don't think the challenge is to fit all the pieces of your life so that you form a precise arrangement and everything is there. I don't think that's even possible. I think the challenge is to figure out which big rocks you want and which big rocks you opt out from. There's no slack. There's no space. There's no emptiness between things. You won't allow for any growth or blossoming. You won't have any space to breathe. Saying no to things you dislike is easy. Saying no to things you like. Now, that's hard. And that's what you got to do. So which big rocks are you going to say no to? That's the first piece. On to the three quotes. The first one by Stephen Pressfield. Act, reflect. Act, reflect. Never act and reflect at the same time. Pressfield is my favorite slap in the face author. Now, here, what he's trying to say is: let's say you're caught up in researching finish your research and then dump your ideas out there. Don't attempt to keep modifying it by doing more research and upgrading it. No, Your current snapshot, put it out there and then spend some more time reflecting. And then that's how you create your second draft. Now, this sounds like a very writing-based thing, but I found that it applies to a lot of things. The second quote by Shinryu Suzuki from the book Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, communication without any intentional fancy way of adjusting yourself to express yourself as you are is the most important thing. End quote. Anytime I find it hard to pull the trigger and publish a post, I think about this quote. Just be me. Easier said than done, but it allows me to push and publish. The last quote by Pema Chodron. In a non-theistic state of mind, abandoning hope is an affirmation the beginning of the end. You could even put abandoned hope on your refrigerator door instead of more conventional aspirations like every day in every way I'm getting better and better. Hope and fear come from feeling that we lack something. They come from a sense of poverty. We can't simply relax with ourselves. We hold on to hope, and hope robs us of the present moment. We feel that someone else knows what's going on, but that there's something missing in us, and therefore something is lacking in our world. End quote. The truth seems to be no one knows what's going on, and all of us are winging it. Some pretend well, some don't, some are Scoring a lot of points while winging it. And that makes the rest of us assume they know what they're doing. Where all of us are just winging it, right? All right. On to the last quote. How hard should you work out? And what is this RPE or rate of perceived exertion? Now, when you start training, let's say we are at bottom, right? Your levels of fitness are low. You might find it hard to even get through a warm-up or run 500 meters. Slowly, you build yourself up and you get to a place where you have the energy to finish a warm-up. Or running a kilometer feels doable and your legs don't feel like jelly. So from being unable to run a warm-up to now, your fitness levels have improved. You feel empowered. Every workout you go to, you want to work yourself out. Because you have the physical energy and the mental gear, which wasn't there a few weeks ago, right? It was exciting now to just push your body, to sweat it out. You feel this is a necessary part of the metamorphosis of becoming the new you. You feel energetic throughout the day. In fact, if you don't get your workout in, you feel a little sluggish the rest of the day. But as you continue working yourself out, it stops feeling good after a few weeks. Your improvement slows down. Your energy levels drop during the day. What do you do? Is working harder, even harder the solution? Well, enter the concept of RPE. RPE is rate of perceived exertion. So, a way to measure your physical activity intensity level. How hard do you feel your body is working? That's it. Now, it's a subjective measure. It's based on you. So, if you and I do the same amount of work in the same amount of time, blah, blah, blah. It does not mean we are the same RPE because we are two different people. Now, there are various versions of RPE, blah, 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 but let's just look at it as a scale of 1 to 10 where 1 is you walking and 10 is the maximum effort you're capable of. Let's say Usain Bolt's uh, world record setting sprint, right? Now... When you started off, when you were unable to do a warm-up properly, a 10-minute warm-up was probably a 9-on-10 on on the RP scale for you. But a month later, you're just breezing through the warm-up. The warm-up is, you know, actually a warm-up, and it feels like a 6-on-10. When I attempted to run 5 meters after years of not running, uh, I couldn't run more. Felt like a nine on ten, but a month in it was a five on ten. Now, this confusingly doesn't mean every time I attempt to run finometers, it's going to be a five on ten. If I keep doing this, if I keep getting fitter, it will keep reducing. The five on ten becomes a four on ten. But let's say I get the flu and I try to run finometers with the flu, which is a terrible idea, but it's going to feel like a nine on ten. You know what I mean? It's the same finometers. And then once you recover from the flu and you try running again, it's back to a 5-on-10. So how can you use this? Well, remember, the scale is subjective. And that's where the power is. That's where it gets confusing as well. But this is about you, how you feel and your fitness levels. If you can train around an 8-on-10 every time you go to the gym, you're ahead of most people. point is not to attempt 10 on 10 every single session. You do that occasionally and you occasionally do lighter recovery sessions as well. Now, even more confusingly, 8 on 10 could mean you keep lifting the same weight for the same reps every time or you figure out how to milk 8 on 10 different ways. Let me give you an example. Let's say you can squat the 32 kilo kettlebell for five reps and you absolutely cannot do a sixth rep. that's 100%, right? So, if that's 100%, what's 80%? Well, four out of five reps is 80%. So, you can go in and squat the 32 for four reps and that's an 80% effort. Or, you can take 24 kilos and squat it for 5 reps. 24 is about 3 quarters of the 32. You can take 16 kilos, which is half of the 32. And so, using the typical light, medium, heavy, which is a way most uh, lifting cycles are broken over a week. One day you go light, one day you go medium, one day you go heavy. This could mean you do sets of three or four reps with the 32 kilos on your heavy day. You do sets of, you know, six to 10 with the 24 kilo on your medium day. You do sets of 10 to 15 with the 16 kilo on your light day. All of these, the aim is to figure out your eight on 10. Or, you could do 32 for 4 reps on your heavy day, 32 for 3 reps on your medium day, 32 for 2 reps on your light day. Another way to skin this, instead of changing the load, you're changing the volume. The point is, you put in a solid amount of work, solid amount of effort in each training session. So is doing 50% of waste of time? Like, should it always be eight on ten? Not at all. We need recovery sessions. There is definitely a time and a space. Let's say you're feeling a bit burnt out physically or mentally, then these 5 on 10, 6 on 10 sessions are useful. You haven't slept enough, you're just coming back after the flu. You need these recovery sessions. In fact, plugging in An adequate number of recovery sessions is one of the biggest gaps in most people's training, including my own. Why 8 on 10? Because it is a solid amount of effort without draining the tank. It's repeatable. It leaves you wanting to do more. It stresses your body enough, making it compensate and get stronger, but at the same time, not draining it too much. Now, does this mean you never do a 10 on 10? Of course not. You must push yourself to a 9 on 10 and 10 on 10 occasionally. Occasionally. Once a week uh, is too often. Once a year is too less. Once a month or once in six weeks is a good cycle where you can do this so you kind of recalibrate your 9 on 10 every 4 to 6 weeks so using our previous example of you know 32 for 5 as your max right and let's say you go through 4 weeks of training and then you decide hey how many repetitions can i do with the thirty-two? Four weeks ago i was able to do 5 and let's say today you do 15 great so 32 for 15 is your Nine out of ten, and so all the weights you're now going to use, or all the volume you're going to do, is recalibrated with this new number. So previously, everything was based out of 32 for five, now 32 for 15. And the idea is essentially to go home feeling stronger than you came in, it's a simple rule of thumb. Work hard enough, but always go home feeling stronger than you came in. You have to do enough work to challenge yourself. But you have to gauge it just right so that you get out of the comfort zone, but you're not draining yourself. It sounds complicated, and it is. But as you get used to training, as you get used to going based on feel, as you understand your maxes and how you're feeling and utilizing tools like a heart rate monitor and all that, you get good at it. So coming to how hard should you work out? It depends. You can go light or you can go heavy, but aim to work hard, not too hard. Occasionally, push your limits once every four to six weeks, for example. Occasionally, ease up. And remember, don't work yourself out all the time. Don't sit in your comfort zone all the time. Go home feeling stronger than when you came in. And that's that, folks. Thanks for listening. This is Coach AA signing off, and I'll see you here next weekend. Bye-bye.